Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, we'll go ahead and uh, we welcome our guest speaker, Sister Witt, today. We just thank you and you just come on forward. And... It's always such a joy. To be here. This church has blessed me in so many ways. Several years ago, I was kneeling right over here. And I'm, I'm not going to disappoint all you people that expect old people to repeat themselves. I'm getting ready to do that. So. But I don't know how long I've been on my knees. Just praising the Lord. And the Lord started speaking to me. And he said, and, and you've heard, some of you have heard this before, but he said, I've planted you in the soil of my kingdom, and you've allowed the nutrients to do their work in you. And he said, because of that, I will bless you in your old age, and you will bring forth fruit in your old age. But the Lord didn't tell me what old age was. So I'll just let him decide that. I, I want to uh, I want you to ask God to open your spirit. Because some of the things that I'm getting ready to say, you Bible scholars will think, well, why in the world did I come? But you know what? There are a lot of people in churches today that don't even know who Adam is. And I've run into them. So you bear with me, because God has told me to go back to the beginning. And that's where I want to go. I want to go to the first chapter of Genesis. There is no way that I can give you everything that God has placed on my heart in this morning session. And I encourage you to come Tuesday and Thursday if you can. Because we, we will cover some areas that I won't cover today. But I want us today to try to realize that we're not so far advanced that God can't reveal something else to us. And when we stop getting revelation from God, then we stop growing spiritually. We're stymied. And God wants us to continue to prosper. And we're going to talk about the spirit the soul, and the body. 
And you may have heard me say it several times because it's really hard for me to, to preach anything and not mention that. But in the, Genesis, the first chapter, verse 27, you all know what it says. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now go to the fifth chapter. In the fifth chapter, it says, this book of the generation of Adams, in the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. In the, so we know that it's in the image and likeness of God, all right? Just... Hold that there for a minute. Let me talk about that. We know that the image and likeness of God is that we're triune. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We are spirit, soul, and body. When God created Adam, that's the way it was. Spirit, soul, and body. But now in the... In the what, the third verse, it says, And Adam lived in 130 years, and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. Most of you know this, but just bear in mind there may be somebody that does not understand this. Seth was not born in the image and likeness of God. He was born in the image and likeness of his father, Adam. And every one of us was born in the image of Adam. We were, we were born with just a soul and a body and an inactive dead spirit. For when Adam sinned, when mankind sinned and fell, the spirit that was in him died as far as activity is concerned. And it merged with the soul. How do we know that? Because the word of God tells us that the word of God is sharp, quick and sharp. How does it go? Well, y'all know. Anyway, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. If the soul and the spirit had not merged, there would be no need to divide them. Are you with me? So, here we are, in Adam. So, how do we get out of Adam? We have to be born again. Now, my soul is not born again. My body is not born again. It's only my spirit that is born again, given life, and becomes active. Okay? Now, God has called, has given everyone, every man, it says, a measure of faith. Now, some believe that's just talking about the Christian. But everyone has to have a measure of faith or they could never come to God. So what happens? Man hears the gospel, and if his soul and his mind, his emotions agree, 
that the gospel is something he ought to check into, then that measure of faith comes into play, and he uses that measure of faith to accept Christ. And when that happens, his spirit is born again, just his spirit. That's the only place the Holy Spirit dwells continually is in our spirit. In our spirit. And I know most of you know that, but just stay with me. Okay. Man was triune. Okay? And when he fell, he was no longer triune. He was a dual person. He gets saved, and he's triune again. So all these people out here that's never been saved, says, I am made in the image and likeness of God. They don't know what to talk about. That's why they don't love Jesus, because they haven't been born into Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit takes us out of that kingdom of darkness and puts us in the kingdom of light, takes us out of Adam and puts us into Christ, but he does not take Adam out of us. Right? Triune, but with a dual personality. So, by the Holy Spirit, we become the righteousness of God in Christ. But, just because we have become the righteousness of God in Christ, does not mean that we always live righteously. Now, we're going to talk about the soul and the spirit. There is absolutely no sin in my spirit or yours if it's been born again. It's as pure as it can be. And as long as the Holy Spirit dwells there, it's going to be pure. But the soul is a different story. Can y'all do this? Or I don't agree. You don't have to agree, you know. In Corinthians 3.16, it says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the temple of God dwells in you? If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. How many of you have ever defiled your temple, and you were not destroyed? Because it was not your spirit that was defiled. It was your soul that came into play. Now, my subject today and this week is the fragmented soul. The fragmented soul. Have you ever been prayed for and you just thought, man, I I just feel so good. I think this is all taken care of. Yeah? It didn't last, did it? Didn't last. Well, our soul is consisting of the mind, the will, and the emotions is carnal. The word of God says the mind is enmity with God. Our spirituality can only be determined by how much the areas of the soul have brought into line with what the Spirit is saying. And it's also a form of being sanctified, but we won't go into that. But the only truth 
that the soul has is truth that you have received through revelation knowledge that bypassed your mind and went to your spirit. Now you've got the truth in your spirit. I know that I'm saved. You know you're saved. You know you're saved. But when you first got saved, did your soul know that you were saved? Absolutely not. The Holy Spirit revealed it to my spirit. It was my responsibility to teach my soul the truth. And unless I allow the Holy Spirit to reveal that truth to my spirit, then there's no way that I can teach my soul what that truth is. But you see, we have an absence of help and assistance in our everyday problems because we have not allowed the Holy Spirit to give us the revelation knowledge of truth and then taught our soul what that truth is. I had to teach my soul what God revealed to my spirit. Now you say, Sister Witch, you've lost it. Well, if that's what I've lost, I don't want to find it. I don't want to find what I've lost. Because I like what I've got. So my soul is only spiritual in the areas that it has come into agreement with my spirit. If you're born again, and you seem to feel God more often than not, then let me assure you that it is not your spirit that's sinning. It is your soul that's sinning. And some people have never been able to separate their soul from their spirit. And until we can separate our soul from our spirit, we will live a defeated life. We may come to church, pay our tithes, shout, sing, whatever. But we know that down deep that we are not living a victorious life. And I'm not scolding you for that. What I'm trying to get across today is that Satan will try to keep the truth from you. And if he can convince you that you're a terrible person over here because you're happening to do these things that you know everybody don't want you to do. Well, well, that's right, but you see, you've got to seek the truth. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Too many of us don't have the truth. And if we don't have the truth, okay, if there's no truth, if there's no spirit, I'm just about to just tear loose and just do my, turn, pull my shoes off. and I'm telling you for sure, God wants to heal some people. He wants to cleanse some people. And there's a whole lot of difference in cleansing and healing and being delivered. It took me years to understand. I'd pray for people. In a week, they had to pray for the same people. 
They might fall out. They might not. But I couldn't understand, God, what's going on? Are these people getting delivered? And God began to witness to me, yes, they're delivered, but they're not cleansed and they're not healed. Are they possessed? No. There is a difference in demon possession and demonization. I, I forgot my notes. I don't know where I'm going to go. You better pray. <laughs> if I can get this water open, I'm going to drink some of it. I'm going to take my time. You all did. Are you hearing me? I've been chosen to fulfill last day prophecy. Because the Bible says that in the end time, instead of well said hair that women would have baldness. So don't any of you lay your hands on top of my head. Because I've been chosen to fulfill that, that prophecy. At any rate, what I'm trying to get across to you today is if there's no truth in your spirit your soul's going to continue to do the things that God doesn't want you to do does that mean you don't love God no it means that you don't have any truth in your spirit and what truth you've got in your spirit you haven't taught to your soul So, how does this work? I don't know about you, but just take a child that's been verbally, physically, or sexually abused. Was it... Child's fault that that happened to it? Did that child have a choice? But the time that child is a teenager, that anger or whatever is in them has started a life of its own. It's taken off, has its own personality. And you think that teenager's. Teenager has just been a stubborn, disobedient child. That teenager can't help that in a lot of cases. No more than you can help the things that's happening in your life that you don't understand why you can't get the victory over. You come and are delivered. And you think that that wipes it all out. Everything's clear. No, it isn't. So you don't get the cleansing and the healing. And you become worse than ever. Because that demon that's not possessing you at that point 
but it's tormenting you. Keeping you defeated in some area of your life. And you don't know how to get cleansed and healed. And down the road, just a ways, here that thing comes back, and it's worse than ever. Now, we know that in the Bible, it's talking about demons being cleansed of that, and I'm coming back and bringing seven more. Well, eventually, if you don't let God cleanse you and heal you, you will become demonized or possessed in that area of your soul. The soul is compartmentalized. Some of you have great victory in being able to pay your tithe. And others have to fight it and fight it and fight it. But somebody might be just wonderful, sweet, kind, and precious in one area of their life. And yet in another area of their life, it might snap like that and they can be terrible. What, what's going on there? The soul is becoming fragmented. Think of the family. All of our kids grow up, okay? And they take off this way, that way, that way. They want a life of their own. This is not the same thing. That's a good thing. But by the same thought, the soul is compartmentalized. And when one area of that soul has been demonized, it wants to take off on its own. Now, in the family, I think the DNA can bring it back together and make it whole again. It's the same way with the soul. Every area that takes off on its own, the DNA in our spiritual veins, the Holy Spirit in us can go and find that area of our soul and pull it back into the wholeness of the soul. Now, every one of you, if I ask you for, I started, if you love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, boy, you, most of you have raised your hands. I'm telling you, there's not very many of us, including me, that loves the Lord 100% whole every day. We cannot love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our spirit. We cannot as long as one area has decided it wants a life of its own. And I can't go into all the details, but maybe we can on, on Tuesday and Thursday some. In Psalm 51.6, I want to tell you why I base my thoughts on what I do. It says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Plural, in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Why are the parts in part? I believe the parts is speaking of the soul. And that every area of the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions, 
can be brought into harmony with the mind of the Holy Spirit. I believe that. So, the parts is referring to the soul, and I believe the hidden or secret part is referring to my, my spirit. Because that's where God gives us wisdom, is in the spirit. Is in the spirit. That's where the wisdom comes. I'm not through. Do I have to quit yet? The scripture, I believe, strongly supports, suggests, that the soul can be fragmented. In Luke, Jesus said that he had come to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now, if you'll follow the meaning of that word bruised in the original Greek, it's going to tell you that it means fragment. Why would God want to make us whole if we hadn't, if we weren't whole? Like I said, you don't have to agree with me, but just just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Paul wrote Ephesians, and he said, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Colossians, he said, provoke not your children to anger. So we were talking about the child. What happens to that child if it gets saved? And it learns about deliverance. And it's prayed for, and it thinks it's got it all taken care of, and then it comes back. Regardless of whether it was a child's fault, whether he had a choice or not, because the anger is there, it gave Satan permission to sign a demon to antagonize, to keep that child questioning everything. Because you see, spiritual cleansing comes before healing, and it follows deliverance. Because if the child, and I could use me or any one of you all, because every one of us has something in our past that was not pleasant. And many, many of us, even though we're doing our best before God, until God, just a few years ago, God really delivered me from some things and taught me how to be cleansed. There's some of you sitting here right now, you think of something that happened to you over the years, and you still feel the same emotion that you had then. It's still draining you of life of real life. But because it was there, it gave Satan permission to attack. You know the scripture says that Jesus said, the prince of this world will come. He won't find anything in me. That's paraphrased. What he is saying is there is absolutely nothing in me that Satan can assign a demon to. 
Am I on shaky ground here? Once we've been delivered from the demonic oppression, if we want to remain free, then the past offenses and the offenders have to be forgiven. That's the cleansing part. I don't care how many times you're delivered. If you don't deal with the problem, face it head on, and say, I have to have a choice here. I'm either going to forgive and live, or I am not going to forgive and die spiritually. Now, is it just forgiving the one that offended me? I think the best place to start is forgiving God. Because we can't understand why God allowed this to happen, number one, to such an innocent thing. Number two, I've lived for God all my life. Lord, why would you let this happen to me? You see, behind all that is a lie that you probably won't, you probably think I don't know what I'm talking about. But you know, I do not believe God is always in control. God is not control of a demon-possessed person. Satan is in control. God is not in control of an evil person that's done something to you that he shouldn't have done. Satan was in control of that. What God is in control of is how you can turn out if you want to. He has a plan and a purpose for you, and you can let the issues of life destroy you, or you can look at Satan and say, Satan, I believed a lie, but I'm not going to believe it anymore. As long as we believe that God didn't love us, we're not going to be comforted. As long as we believe it was God's fault, we're not going to be comforted. We're not going to be cleansed. You may not feel like you forgave. Even though you obeyed the word, you may not feel like that you obeyed. But friend, I don't care how saved we are, we can't trust our feelings. You just can't trust your feelings. So we talked about the cleansing starts with forgiving. Forgiving yourself, forgiving God, forgiving those who offended you, and especially forgiving those who knew that you were being abused and refused to do anything about it. You say, bring that down. I'm very well acquainted with the situation where a stepfather abused a stepdaughter. And the mother knew about it and didn't do anything about it. It was much easier to forgive the one that did it than it was the one that knew about it and didn't stop it. And in all of this, it's not always, you know, people say, you, you always have a choice. No, you don't always have a choice. The people who are attacked on parking lots, they don't have a choice. 
where our choice comes in is how we're going to react to it, how we're going to allow it to affect us. That's where the choice comes in. And that's where the soul becomes fragmented. When we can't forgive, then it just takes off, and it becomes more bitter all the time. I don't think there's a word bitterer. It's more bitter. Is that right, Annette? More bitter. But Satan wants to destroy us in any way he can. So what happens when we repent and we forgive? Now get this. This is good. What happens is that releases the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit only works with truth. Did you get that? The Holy Spirit only works with truth. So if the truth's not in us, there's nothing for him to work with. So when we forgive, then that releases the Holy Spirit to begin to minister to us the healing and the cleansing. Now, I can't remember where it is naturally. But somewhere in Proverbs or Psalms or somewhere, it says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching out all the inward parts, P-A-R-T-S. Now, our spirit's not in there looking for our kidneys or our lungs. It's looking for those fragmented areas of our soul. So that's our spirit. Our human spirit is... Searching out that soul, trying to find those areas that's pulled out. So as that truth is released, then the spiritual DNA in our veins begins to draw us back to wholeness. Wholeness. In Luke 4, 18, and I'm going to paraphrase this. You know what it says. Jesus, I've been anointed. Jesus speaking says, I've been anointed. I've been anointed to preach good news to you. Probably every one of you sitting here have accepted the good news. You've allowed your soul to come in agreement and you've accepted Christ as your Savior. So he said, I've come to preach good news to you, to put together your shattered pieces of your broken heart. Some people who love the Lord, they think with all their heart. No, they love the Lord with what's left of their heart. And the broken pieces are still out there. He says, I've come to deliver you from the wounds that's made you a prisoner of past hurts and offenses. I've come to heal your eyes so that you can see beyond all of the negative things in your life. See beyond all those hurts and those wounds that people and circumstances has brought to you. And he says, I've come to set at liberty your bruised, fragmented soul because I want to make you whole again. And I know I haven't, I haven't presented this like it should be presented. I know that because there's so much of it 
And I was afraid I'd get off in one area and not get to this point that every one of us, I don't care how spiritual we seem, every one of us either has or will have a part of our soul that takes off on its own. All of you know the anger that was in me when I was a child. That I fought anything and everything at any time because of the anger. And I didn't know anything about the difference in the soul and the spirit. I was just a teenager. And when I had my fist drawn back to let someone have it, how the Holy Spirit grabbed my arm and the tears began to flow. And yes, God delivered me from that awful temper, that anger that I had that day. But I had to allow the truth to get in me that God does not want me to be angry. Because I can't enjoy the fullness of his blessings if I stay angry. So my soul had to be taught that. But my soul was still not whole. You know how, those of you who have known me all these years, how independent I was. And that's not even a good word. Stubbornness, rebellion is better. So there's been more than one area or two areas of my life. And I was teaching this 50 years ago, but I didn't know what I was teaching. We don't always get the revelation immediately. And finally, just a few years ago, I got the fullness of the revelation. And I thought, and I have seen so many lives changed just by getting this truth that my soul is not really spiritual other than in the areas where it comes into agreement with my spirit. And we don't have, we do not have to put up with Satan's lies. But we have to get the truth in our spirit that we don't have to put up with his lies. And then we start coming against it. So I'm, I'm just going to bring this to a close. And I... I don't know you like your pastor does. And I certainly haven't asked the pastor about any of you. But I want you just to bow your heads with me just for a minute. And I want you to ask the Lord, is there something in my past life or in my present life that could cause my soul to be fragmented? Is there an area in my life that if it isn't cleansed and healed now, that it could cause me a lot of trouble? I just want you to, just to ask yourself that. I don't know, Pastor. I don't, I don't know if you have people to come up and play instruments or what. But I do know that God wants to start a cleansing healing process in more than one life here today. Uh, you, to do whatever you want to. But I'm just going to invite you 
I, just, I want to invite you to seek the Lord for just a minute. And you might seek him in quietness for a little bit. That won't bother me. But if you sense in your spirit that you still have those feelings when you think about it or see somebody or hear something, this is what I encourage you to do. You see, yes, you get cleansed by repenting, by saying, God, I'm sorry that I blamed you and so forth. And then that cleansing empties you out. But there's something still there that you haven't dealt with. Because you see, the healing comes when you allow God to comfort you in that situation. Not long ago, well, two or three years ago, the Holy Spirit reminded me, well, my spirit is a candle of the Lord. Reached back to where I was just a small, very small, three or four years old. That something happened in my life. I don't know why God brought that back to me. Because it certainly wasn't my fault. I had nothing to do with it. I was innocent. It wasn't fair. But that was brought up, and I began to feel the same feelings that I had at that point. And you know why I had to feel those? Because as a child, I knew nothing about God. I didn't know anything about his comfort. I didn't know he could bring peace. But now I did. I had that information. I had that truth in me that God loves me. And he wants to be a comfort to me. So I began to feel those same emotions. In fact, there was two or three instances that I just put the passion for God. But I began to experience the same emotions in some of And you know what? When I forgave, repented, then God began to heal. Because it's the healing comes when we allow him to comfort us in that situation, regardless of when it happened. So I'm, ex- I'm suggesting that you visit that place again. Now that you've got the truth, visit that place. Feel those emotions and say, oh God, you're so welcome to come and minister to me. You might as well come to the altar. You might as well. There's not a one of us that hadn't had something that's happened to cause grief in our lives one way or another. I'm not going to lay hands on you. Every one of you have been prayed for and been in this floor so many times. This is something that I can't do. This is something the pastor can't do. 
this is something the Holy Spirit has to do in your life. That he wants to bring healing to your wounded soul. He wants to bring wholeness back. The hurt. He wants to heal the emotions and the feelings. And we can put on our false face and we can come to church. And I'm not scolding you. But this is the the way it happens so often. And when we're alone, we get to thinking of the things that's happened and we, we lose all that joy. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hear the cry of your children today. Lord, you said you would withhold no good thing. And I know, God, that it's a good thing that our hearts be mended, that our crushed souls be made whole again. I know it's your will, God, that your children serve you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, all of our soul. But God, we can only do it if you come. In your healing power, in your cleansing power. Hi, we hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. Now for more information and to stay connected with us, tune in on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.